0: Darling, I don't
1: look now, but heaven has just entered the side entrance by the gent's headstone.
0: I know, I saw him first.
1: It would be unladylike to call you a liar, so I restrict myself to a simple "fooey." And anyway, we can only have escorts that our husbands approve of. That gorgeous hunk of masculinity makes Rock Hudson look like Frankenstein. So, uh, what chance do you think you'll have, Meg, darling?
0: Are you insinuating that my husband's jealous? Yes. You're right. Then I suggest that you forget all about him and leave him to me. You're wrong. I happen to know that that fabulous man works for an offbeat company that specializes in doing odd jobs of this nature. Tickolos. Oh, rough and tough, but it makes the escort in this case sort of official. So my dear spouse, Sammy Brody, will, I'm sure, have no objections to that man being my partner at the opera, especially since he'll charge a fee. Hmm... Are there any more like him in this, uh, company? Of course. Well,
1: oh, tell me quick, where is it?
0: An office on 33 Half
1: Moon Street. <laughs>
2: Sammy Brodie's Magnum Opus. Clients don't often arrive without a previous telephone call, and, well, I wondered if Mrs. Brodie wasn't perhaps an old client whose name had eluded me for the moment. However, when she was ushered in, I was quite sure I'd never seen her before. She was what Sam Goldwyn must dream about when his nights are peaceful. A tall willowy blonde with soft, creamy skin stretched over a perfect figure, draped exquisitely by a priceless couturier. Her hair swept down to her shoulders in rivulets of spun gold, and her eyes flashed a deep blue smile at me as her red lips parted to reveal even white teeth in a healthy grin. Meg Birdie didn't have to be a mind reader to know what I was thinking. She spoke, and the tension snapped. I, I expelled my breath like a harpoon squid.
0: Hello. Do I disturb you?
2: Well, um, well, I, I'd never quite seen anyone like you before. Uh, not close up, that is.
0: Is that meant to be a compliment, Mr. Mason?
2: Oh, yes. Uh, well, no. I, well, yes, I suppose so. Do forgive me, Mrs. Brodie. I was a little taken aback. Won't you have a chair?
0: Thank you. Tea? <laughs> No, thank you, Mr. Mason. Not tea.
2: <laughs> well, oh, well, well yeah, a cocktail, perhaps, or, or is it a little early for you?
0: Nine o'clock in the morning, early. It's never too early for cocktails. Can you mix a clover club?
2: Oh, yes, I think so. Gin, white of an egg, dash of bitters, half a tart of grenadine, crushed ice. How's that? Mmm, divine. Oh, I won't be a
0: Perhaps you'd care to tell me the purpose of your visit while I mix the drink. Certainly. I'm looking for an escort. A male escort.
2: What sort of escort?
0: I just told you. A male one. Now, what I mean is, um, well, where is he to escort you to? The opera for a start. Tonight. Covent Garden. The Barber of Seville. With
2: Galeone in the lead. Though I'd like very much to escort you myself, Mrs. (laughs) Brodie.
0: You're not quite what I had in mind.
2: Oh. Well, whom did you have in mind, then, madam?
0: Dirk Dyer. One of
2: my operators.
0: So I've been reliably informed.
2: Oh, I see. You. Well, tell me, have you met Dirk Dyer before?
0: No, but i have seen him. Oh, that will do perfectly. Thank you. Cheers.
2: Cheers. <sighs> You know, I should warn you that Dirk Dyer is no patron of the arts.
0: I want a man, not a maestro.
2: Oh. Well, in that case, you've probably chosen wisely. Dirk Dyer is certainly a man. Of course, all my operators have the right to refuse any assignment. What I mean is, Dyer might not be too happy about the opera.
0: He'll be coming with me.
2: Oh, yes, of course. Oh, you you can rest assured that there'll be no complications as far as Dyer is concerned.
0: Tell him I... I have a private box.
2: I rather fancy that you require no more inducement than that supplied by his big brown eyes. What time and where, Mrs. Brodie?
0: Call me Meg. Everyone does. Even my husband.
2: Yes, your, your husband. Uh, you are still, uh, well, what I mean, say, is... Uh, yes.
0: I'm still married. I have my husband's permission to gauge an escort, preferably a professional one, which is why I came to you. My husband never goes to the opera, you see. Were you
2: introduced to us, Mrs. Brodie? Ah. Uh-uh. <laughs> Meg, <laughs> I uh, I don't recollect ever having worked for your husband before.
0: Oh, I should hope not. My husband, Mr. Mason, is the infamous Sammy Brodie, notorious muscle man and international gunster. <laughs>
1: Ah,
2: I should have guessed it the moment Miss Fairweather came through on the intercom. Plans hardly ever arrived without a prior telephone call. It was her perfume that first held Miss Spellbound. That and the fact that her hair was as jet black as Meg Brodie's had been golden yellow. She smiled... Without showing her teeth, a low sigh breathed in her throat as her green eyes swept over me. For some reason, my tongue clung to the roof of my mouth, and I, I suddenly knew that Mark Antony just couldn't have helped himself. Men hasn't devised a defense against this. As she melted into the chair, she spoke slowly and evenly, so that I mistook the meaning of her first remark.
1: Joan Darling.
2: Oh, oh. Um, hello. You're Aubrey Mason. Yes, that's right. And uh, you're Joan. Darling. Oh, oh, Joan Darling. Oh, yes, of course. Joan Darling. Uh, uh, Mrs. Darling. Yes? I don't think we've met before.
1: Oh, we haven't. A friend of mine recommended you, Meg Brody.
2: Meg Brody? But she's just left here a few minutes ago.
1: Yes, I know.
2: Oh, I see. Uh, did you know she was coming this morning?
1: I knew she'd been here. Clover Club Cocktails.
2: Oh. <laughs> you know her drinking habits, then?
1: And not only her drinking habits, Aubrey. Uh, tell me, was she successful with that heavy brown-eyed muscle man? Um, What's his name?
2: Dirk Dyer.
1: Uh, that's the one. Well?
2: Well, if you mean did she engage his services, yes.
1: Hmm. Oh, mad on muscle men. That's Meg. No taste, no refinement. It's a common ailment with blondes, but don't you think so, Aubrey? Well,
2: I, I hadn't thought about it. Uh, I'm sure you must be wrong.
1: Not as far as Meg Brodie is concerned. However, let's not dwell on Meg Brodie. Although she must have impressed you for you to have offered her a cocktail at nine in the morning. Not so, Aubrey.
2: <laughs> well, not as much as you've impressed me, uh, uh, Joan. Uh, in fact, so enchanted was I that I, I forgot to offer you anything at all. Uh, if I mix you... Uh, a clover club? <laughs> Will you forgive me?
1: Not for a clover club, but for a dry martini. Well, an amnesty.
2: In two shakes of a lamb's tail.
1: Don't you want to know why I
2: came? Well, I, I didn't offer a cocktail, actually. I, I offered her tea. She declared a preference for a cocktail and asked me if I knew how to prepare a clover club. I suspect she was trying me out.
1: <laughs> the pig. But then blondes are always trying something on, even if it's only in a dress shop. <laughs> you didn't answer my question.
2: Well, I don't need to. You've got permission from your husband to engage an escort to take you to the opera, because your husband doesn't ever go to the opera. And, well, you heard about assignments unlimited from your friend Mrs. McBrady, and, well, you decided to come along and see if there was another operator available. Wrong. Wrong?
1: I came along to see if you were available. Uh. Well, honestly,
2: what... Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, 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 of course. Um, um, An honour, Mrs. Uh, uh, darling.
1: Uh, Either uh, use Joan or drop the Misses. You even guessed how much. Cheers. Cheers. Ah, delicious. I think I'm going to enjoy this evening. (laughs) Well, I'm sure I am. It's simply marvellous to have a gentleman for company for a change. I'm married uh, to a gorilla, Aubrey. Oh, then
2: then, uh, your husband is also a gangster, like uh, like Megs, I mean.
1: Oh, she told you. Yes, mine too.
2: But you do have permission.
1: Not really, no. No, I I think it would be truthful to say that... uh, I definitely do not have permission.
2: Well, don't you think it's wise? I mean...
1: Wise? Oh, yes, Aubrey. And my husband is the celebrated fingers darling. Professional embezzler. Oh, no, Wanted really? by the police on two continents. Nobody knows where he is. Not even you? Of course I know where he is. At the moment, he's in, um... South America somewhere.
2: South America? Well, I mean, that's a long way, Mrs... Uh... <laughs> Joan.
1: Yes. Isn't it, Aubrey?
3: Would you like another cocktail?
1: I'd love one.
3: All right, fingers. You can open up. It's me, Sammy. Sammy Brody. Well, it ain't Sammy Davis Jr. Oh, I love you, mate. You've got everything. Yeah, everything. Hang on. Oh, that's a bit better. All right, fingers. You been comfortable? Yeah, great. Did you bring the champagne and cabby? Yeah, right there in the bucket. <laughs> now, where'd you eat that stuff? Well, There's half an ox in a deep freeze. When well, you got half a million stashed away like I have. You get used to the good things in life. Like, uh, junk, for instance? You ain't got a bad popsy yourself, Sammy. The only difference is you can get to see in yours. Yeah, I know how you must feel, Finkers, Sunday. Yeah. Well, I'd like to help you up, believe me, but you must see how it is. I can't have anyone outside the mob know the existence of this either way. You must admit that, with the exception of Popsies, it's some harder way. Oh, huh? I admit it, yes, yes. Luxury flat hidden inside an East End How yeah. Only you could think of a thing like that, Sammy. Well, you get stuck into the covey, well, I'll give you the griff. Yeah. Did you see Joan? No, I didn't, but Meg did. How is she? Oh, great, just great. Cool, if only I could leave here for one night. Just one night. Well, uh, he will be leaving tonight. Hey? Well, very godmother granted your wish. You mean the job's on tonight? Yeah, it's just what I do mean. Ah. Now, you listen here. My wife Meg is going to the opera tonight with another fella, see? Now, don't get it wrong, uh, I'm stacking up an alibi for tonight that I'll be out of town in the Midlands. Oh. Uh, Meg going to the opera with another bloke adds up to it, eh? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, no parker would be crazy enough to filch my popsy if I was in town. Yeah, mine neither. Well, yours doesn't come into it, does she? She spread the rumour round that you're in South America. And the peelers are beginning to believe you really are. Anyway, you're as safe here as you would be in South America. Except that I can't see Joe. Oh, no, no, not that again. Don't you be patient? Oh. There's half a million in this for you, if you play it right. Twenty years inside, if you play it wrong. Oh, I know you're right, Sammy, but... Oh, if I could just see her watch. Yeah, you already said that. When you get to South America, yeah, you can send for her. Now, tell me about the arrangements. Well, we spring the mob from Pentonville at 10.30 sharp. Why so early? So that your seaplane can be well out over the Atlantic before dawn. Oh, yeah. And the three of us going with you, and they have to come from the pen, get down to Leon Sea. Pick up the motor launch and cruise out to the plane. Yeah. She's lying off the roads over from the artillery target practice area. And we're hoping that when she starts up, any snooper will reckon she's a military plane. Get it? Ah, yeah. If anything goes wrong, though, we'll have a hard job finding you out over the Atlantic in the pitch dark. All right? Sounds all right. And you say Meg is out with some other fella? Only to the opera fingers. Just the opera. Uh, You know I can trust my Meg fingers. I wish I could say the same for Joan, Sammy. I wish I could say the same. But if I ever did catch up with another fella, I'd slit his throat from ear to ear. Ear to ear, Sammy. I unashamedly
2: confess that I was overboard for the Darling Woman. Reflecting on her and the golden blonde maid Brodie, I wondered how such delectable creatures could wind up as gangsters' molls. But of course it was money. I remember the newspaper story about Fingers Darling. He was one of the Harrow bank robbers and wanted by the police. The rest of the mob were behind bars, three of them, and the story was that they got away with a cool two million. Only Darling was at large, and he was said to be in South America. Indeed, I genuinely believed him to be there since his own wife had told me as much. Two hours to go before I picked up Joan Darling at her flat. I found myself wondering what she was doing.
1: Meg, Joan here.
4: Joan, darling.
1: Meg, you're purring like a kitten.
4: Am I pet? Oh. Mm, I suppose I am. Did you
1: manage to hook your he-man? Dick-duck-dye, isn't he?
4: Of course. I'm a very persuasive woman. You know that.
1: What I mean is, have you spoken to him?
4: Not for the last 20 minutes. Speech seemed superfluous.
1: Meg you haven't got him there in your flat. Mm-hmm.
4: Right here with me. Oh he's a donus, Paris, Hercules, and Gregory Peck all rolled into one.
1: Oh careful, Meg Precious, sir, uh, Sammy wouldn't like that.
4: Sammy's in the midlands. Oh you know
1: that's only a front.
4: <laughs> but an important front. He mustn't be seen around here for today, at least.
1: Sammy's got a thousand eyes.
4: Oh, now you've been theatrical, or jealous. Uh-oh, the creature's stirring. I must ring off. I think he's going to wake up.
1: Goodbye, dear.
4: (laughs) Good luck.
3: Got everything, fingers? Yeah. The rope's nylon, though. Don't look too strong. It's twice the strength of him. I hope you're right. That wall's 60 feet high, you know. Don't worry, you'll be okay. Let's run over the routine. We've got a few minutes. All right. The cylinders of the L-gas have already been smuggled into the pen. Uh-huh. There's 12 of them placed around the prison, and at half past 10, 12 trustees will set them off. All right. In two minutes, every man jack in the prison will be sleeping his head off, even those who don't need to go to sleep. Except for the corner wall guard. He's in the open, in the fresh air. I'll fix him on the wall. Yeah, with chloroform fingers, not with a knife. What does it matter as long as he's fixed? It matters a lot. We don't want a murder rap hanging over us. Yeah, all right. I'll use chloroform. I well, just hope it's enough, that's all. Yeah, so do our fingers. For your sake. Now, do you want to take a look at the route? No, no need. It's all in me noggin. Know it off by heart. Yeah, well, just check the last part. We wait in the car at the top end of our Argyle Street off the Grays Inn Road. Yeah, it's the most important part. Nobody would ever guess that we'd take that route. At the top end of Argyle Street, remember? Off the Grays Inn Road. Let's go.
1: Your muscle man just couldn't take any more, would you?
2: What? Oh, I'm sorry. I was engrossed with Galeone.
1: I suppose it is possible to have too much culture.
2: I'm sorry. I've been neglecting you.
1: Oh, on the contrary, Aubrey. This afternoon was wonderful. I was referring to your operator, Dirk Dyer. He's left the opera. Dyer? Just this minute. Look across. The box is empty. Gaglione is a far cry from Elvis Presley.
2: Dyer is a Beatles fan. I want to be cared about them. Oh,
1: not a freak. I mean, unless your operator has some further use for you.
2: You're being vague,
1: Joe. Am Then I'll be blunt. Nick Brody got permission from her husband to hire an escort for the opera. Just the opera. I happen to know that your man, Dyer, has performed his duties rather overzealously. Granted, a little perspicacity and acumen is a good thing in any enterprise. But if that great gorilla Sammy Brody ever found out that Dirk Dyer called at three for a seven o'clock date with Meg, he might start to snort. If it just happens to be mentioned to him that the escort left before the performance was over, he might bellow like a ball. And Aubrey... Mr. Sammy Brody is an awfully vindictive and awfully tough gangster.
2: You mean I have to leave this delightful opera to play nanny to that great hunk of a man
1: Or better a nanny than a pallbearer.
2: So, or perhaps we can come again.
1: Any time after the lists.
2: Lists? <laughs> you know, that sounds like a medieval joust.
1: The passenger lists on aircraft arriving from South America. I check them every day to see if my uh, devoted husband has braved the tentacles of Interpol to be by my side. But would it be wise for him to return? It would be plain fool, Archie. But men are often fools over women, not so often.
2: Yes, they are. Uh, well, we better get. You're after
1: Dyer. I simply adore your conceit. Come on, open the box door, darling. Do you think
2: they're still in the foyer?
1: Oh, no chance of that. They'll have left already.
2: But they'd have to ring for a cab.
1: Nick Brodie, Her husband is as rich as Creasy's. She always travels about London in a chauffeur-driven car. Oh well, it has many advantages. No parking problems, no waiting. And, of course, her husband uses it, too, so it's probably just as well that it's bulletproof. But would they go back to her flat? Oh, I don't think so. They spent the afternoon there, after all. Both by now must wish for a change of decor. Hmm... I think I know where she'll take him. A private club on the other side of town. I've been there often, always with the Fingers, of course.
2: Well, do you think we should visit your old haunts?
1: I don't think we have to worry over much. South America is so far away, and Fingers is not a complete idiot. But Sammy Brodie is only in the Midlands. See what I mean?
2: Yes, yes, of course. Then I'll ring for a cab. Uh, Where is this club?
1: It's at the top end of Argyle Street, off the Grey's End Road.
3: We are. Right on time, Sammy. Yeah, well driven, fingers. What's it feel like to be behind a wheel again after being cooped up in my secret flat? Like a bird out of a cage. Yeah, yeah that's the top end of Argyle Street coming up now. Where should I follow? Uh, just where so he turns into the Gray's Inn Road. Over there will do. Right. Now, we've got ten minutes. Yeah. The others will be along soon. We mustn't look suspicious to a Bobby on the beat, huh? Yeah. <clears throat> Dirty peelers. You, yeah, Sammy. Ain't that your car parked up the road dear? eh? Yeah. Yeah, so it is. What's she doing here? Oh, Meg, I suppose. She always takes it out of night. Complete with driver. Yeah, but why here? She don't know nothing about this lot, does she? Use your loaf. It's Argyle Street, isn't it? The Penguin Club, remember? You've been here often enough. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Penguin. Does she come often alone? Uh, she'll have an escort with her. Oh, yeah, yeah, you told me, didn't you? She was going to the opera with another fellow to clinch your alibi. Oprah must have come out early. Yeah, I suppose so. Ain't you worried? Oh, why should I be? Who well, makes a beautiful woman? So's Joan. Yeah, she's a tome. Oh, turn the window down, all in here. Yeah, okay.
0: In
3: a taxi. Someone else for the club, I suppose. Yeah, I suppose so. <laughs> oh, <Aubrey.
1: laughs> you're priceless.
3: You're not fingers. Shut sir. up! Yeah, what's the matter with you now? Oh, I said, shut up.
1: Over the road, awkward, darling. Fingers. Fingers. Where are you going? Fingers.
3: Fingers. Look up. He's got a knife. Oh, it's oh. my husband.
2: All right, you've come it to yes. me. No, you, you can't. Don't. <clears throat> That's not the first one. And here's another.
1: Oh. And another. Oh. You killed him?
2: No, I haven't. You'll just have a sore head for a few days.
1: I wonder who brought him here. They've driven off?
2: Your list system wasn't very effective, was it?
1: No. Such an unreliable place, South America. I'm sure dear Fingers will be much safer in Pentonville Prison.
2: Safe from whom?
1: Didn't you know? Fingers was most indiscreet. He visited Meg Brodie one day when Sammy was in the Midlands. I wouldn't be in the least bit surprised. If Sammy didn't try to get his own back on Fingers,
2: one day... Yes, Sammy Brodie did get his own back on the little embezzler Fingers, darling. There was no prison break planned. The whole thing was a frame-up engineered by Sammy. And the underworld could never point a finger at him and accuse him of being a stool pigeon. Fingers brought the trouble on himself when he attacked me in a fit of jealous rage. The police recovered the stolen money and... Fingers went to join his cronies in prison. And what happened to Joan Darling? Well, the last I heard of her, she was with Sammy Brodie in the Midlands.